The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch it. Hello everybody out there in podcast land and welcome back to the greatest show on earth. We watched a thing with your boys, B Dizzle and Dave. How you doing, mate? I am very good. It's been movie week this week, so I'm happy. It has. Yes, same. You can if listeners can tell I'm in a good mood, it's because I've you know, I've got the gusto back. I'm I'm working less and I'm seeing more movies. I did a double feature on Monday, I'm going again tomorrow. It's gonna be sick. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm gonna throw up a patron bonus this week. Uh, reviewing a couple of movies that we haven't had the chance to talk about yet. I'll probably do Joyride and No Hard Feelings. So that's going to be fun. Which one of the is No Hard Feelings the. That's Jennifer Lawrence. The, like what appears to be to me on based on the trailer a remake of Failure to Launch with Horse Space <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually looking forward to that. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Apparently there's nudity galore and it's actually quite funny. So, two big checks as far as I'm concerned, so. Well, speaking of two big checks, we've got two big movies this week, or at least Mm. big for me. I I know that for the listeners, probably only one of these is actually, like, anticipatory. Oh, boo. These were two of my most anticipated films. Well, I'm I'm excited, so let's get into it. We are going to talk about both Insidious the Red Door and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But let's do Insidious first. Why not? Yeah. Let's, let's, so let's do this. Insidious the Red Door is a 2023 American supernatural horror film directed by my boy Patrick Wilson, the most handsome man on earth, in his directorial debut from a screenplay by Scott Teams based on a story by Lee Winnell and Teams. It's a direct sequel to Insidious Chapter 2 and the fifth installment in the franchise. It stars, of course, Patrick Wilson, Ty Simpkins, Rose Byrne, Andrew Astor, Steve Coulter, uh, Winnell himself, Angus Sampson, and Lynn Shea reprise their roles and what is it about dave um we're pretty much a sequel to the first two films in the franchise we're sort of carrying on nine years after the events of insidious 2 um so we're we're back with patrick wilson and family they had requested um this is named carl is it carl i want to say carl i'm gonna say carl um to erase their memory so that neither of them would recall the events that had occurred and they would no longer be able to go astral travelling and um, they wouldn't know about the further, etc. <laughs> Leaving poor, poor, poor old Rose Byrne just burdening this knowledge. Um, yes. So no, uns- wipe her memory too, for God's sake. <laughs> unsurprisingly, nine years later, their marriage has gone down the crapper. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. he's basically sleepwalking through life because he's got this huge... Haze, yeah, brain fog, and um, so so he's um, distracted. He's on the outs very much with Dalton, um, who is uh, an art student by this stage, um, rocking very much the same hairstyle I did in my first year of uni. Um, <laughs> same, and he's he's heading off to art school, um, but he's also troubled by nightmares and things, and both of them are sort of slowly start to come to terms with. You know, realizing that something's amiss and it's they're not just crazy and scary shenanigans and 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 things start to happen. Jumps yep. jump scares start to come thick and fast, and they have to sort of soldier on and yep. and bat- fight their way through it all. Well, let's get straight into it. I know that I have heard you say on several occasions that. You are a massive fan of this franchise, and that if this one stuck the landing, you would be putting this in like the best horror franchises What's of it, all time. The, the reason for that, none of these I think are would probably be in my top five or, or maybe even top ten horror films. But I I can't think of another horror franchise with no bad films. See, I disagree on that. I love the first two. I think the first two are brilliant, and that's why I was so glad to be coming back into this story. I don't care for the prequels, particularly I, I, the last I know, I know I'm, I did on the show. I'm, I'm, both hated I that. seem to be on an island of one with this. I adore Lynn Shay and I really like Lee Winnell and Angus Sampson's characters. I, th- I think, and it, I mean, yes, the, the, once um, Lee Winnell took over directing 
and and uh, whoever the fuck was the director for hire that they got on last <laughs> key. But once James Wan wasn't directing, they did lean a little bit more into kind of those character. It, the franchise is Elise's story. It's not Patrick Wilson and family's story. And so, well, well, it is. I mean, Lee Winnell's yeah, uh, yeah. up until Franchise, not including yeah. this film. Um, we'll get to this film, but for the four films prior, Lee Winnell's written all of them. So they are a long, a, a single cohesive story that yes. yeah. it becomes apparent he intended to be essentially Elisa's story. Yeah, um, she's introduced sort of gently in the in the first film, um, and the second one sort of looks at how things continued in her absence yeah, and then we get her backstory and then we get the end of her story arc. So it's that we're jumping around in the timeline, but we're seeing different parts of her story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we started to spend more time with her and therefore with- uh, When Ellen Sampson. I'll, I'll say comedy relief. Comic relief. Yeah. A, yeah. a little bit comic relief. Um, yeah. Obviously that lightens the tone. And yes. and and they are less serious horror. Well, they're still serious horror, but they're they're less. There's more of a balance between scares and and you know, interpersonal stuff. Whereas, yes, yes, yeah. I, I like that we're back to the family drama. I like that this picks up that story and continues with that because I actually think that first and foremost, apart from being good horror films, films, I do think that they are good family dramas. Oh, for sure. I. I love Patrick Wilson. I adore Rose Byrne. I think one of the biggest disappointments for me for the first half of this film is the lack of Rose Byrne. But yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually okay with it. I I really, really, really enjoyed this film. Oh, uh, good. More than I was even expecting to. Where, where are you on Well, I, I mean, I was obviously very high on it because I, I love this franchise. Yeah. Um, I was I, – I knew we weren't going to obviously get much Liz Shaw, um, yeah, Lin Shay, sorry, um, which I was a bit sad about because she is my favourite character in all of these. Um, but I was still very, very high. I was really looking forward to it. Then I read that the writer was the guy that gave us Halloween Kills and the Firestarter remake. Yeah, and my I read that my anticipation became much more tainted with dread. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting the directing to be all – I mean, we, we all love Patrick, but first-time director, I wasn't expecting it to be as good. Weirdly, I think the, the writing's a little bit patchy, but I think the directing's actually pretty strong. He's done a good job, I think. I think so too. I think the direction is strong. I think the writing's pretty strong as well. It's, I actually enjoyed I think that lots of this there's some There's some good scenes and some good moments. It's It's it, – it was a little flat and, and the pacing I found a little off, which I, I'm, I'm happily going to level yeah, okay. it at Scotty Boy because we know he's demonstrably a shit writer. So, <laughs> what actually surprised me the most about my enjoyment of this film um, was the acting. I thought that Ty Simpkins, he was really our lead as Dalton, was fantastic. And mm. given that here we are 10 years post Insidious 2, 12 years post the first one, when he was cast as a child, like a literal child. I think mm. he's 21 now. So he was under 10 in that first film. Drawing the, par- the, the obvious parallel on that front to Glass, I think yeah. child actor become adult actor in the same role. Um, yeah. This was much better. <laughs> well, I, honestly, like the the truth of it is, it's been so long since those first two films. They could have recast very easily, um, but I, I don't know whether they just lucked out that he happened to actually wind up being a good actor. But he effectively carries this film. Like this, oh, it's really, a two, is it's a, a two handle. It's you're, you're bouncing back and forth between your your two leads, father and son. Uh, yeah. Right up until the final act, and then you kind of yeah. get a little bit more screen time for annoying little brother and, and Rose. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought he was fantastic, and I also liked his uh, his friend Chris from um, from school, the, the our did new you? character. I did. You did not it annoyed the piss out of me. Oh no, I'm not, I like. I'm not I a fan, her. and it made the whole it made that entire half of the film feel like fucking Scream Two, where you've got the annoying best friend who. <laughs> Too loud, too annoying, dresses in ridiculous clothes, and oh, 
yeah, really. No, I liked her. I, I was a fan. I did not and care I'm, for I'm her. a fan of the Scream franchise, so maybe that So am I, but Scream 2 is not one of the good ones. So <laughs> <laughs> fucking, yeah, not a fan of that. Wasn't a fan of this lady. Oh, no, I, I, I liked her. I honestly... I don't have much bad to say about this film at all. I think that this is a really solid entry. This this might be, and I need to rewatch the first two again, this might be, for me, my favourite of the five. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I really, really liked it. I thought I thought the, the parallel stories, I liked what was happening with Patrick Wilson's character, that kind of brain I, fog I, and I, his struggles I there. I would have liked a little, because it's, it's not a- I said it's a two-hander. It's not 50-50. It's, oh, it's no, more no. like 75-25. And it, yeah, I would have this preferred is just, yeah. a, a bit more, given that he's the character we're revisiting. Dalton was an yeah. annoying little kid who was in a coma for most of the first, you know. He, he's he's a good child actor in those films. He's fine. But yeah. I wanted to know more about – I wanted more about how their marriage fell apart. They, they kind of drop a couple of lines about it. But given – where they ended the second film, I think we needed a bit more between there and yeah, because you get the sense that they didn't break up yesterday. They've been apart no, for a while. Yeah, it's been so, a while, and I actually liked that progression and that storyline. Like we are ten years later, and what happened to them was truly fucked. <laughs> like there, there is no surviving that. Like so, I actually quite like that. That is where the story went, and it shocked me at first when I was like, oh no, like these two characters and actors who I love and who did go through so much, oh, they're broken up and that kind of sucks. But about 10, 20 I minutes in, like I was like, Wesley. no, that completely did you, wait a, did you wait a whole week after you thought I was gone before you moved on? I, was, <laughs> she, I mean, knowing what he's been through and the reason that he's got the brain fog and he's a bit distant and, and he's not, you know, himself, surely there was some period of time before she went, you know, oh, this isn't fun, yeah, fuck off. She, she probably did. Like, I mean, it's been- Ten years since that last one, and honestly, he's he's pretty much a dick in this <laughs> film. Like it's, he's, you're right, he's not himself. Well, he's, it's he's completely broken. understandable. He's, he, yeah, he's broken, yeah. they're, they're, which is hard to deal with. Oh yeah, completely. And and I'm not. I sound like I'm blaming her. I'm not blaming her, but I would have liked more conversation between the two of them, where they could have dropped a few more hints about yeah. how they got to this place where they're not even speaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did he? How did they? He and Dalton get to that point because yeah. it's not that they were having flashbacks to when he was crazy. That didn't come until very recently. I think it was implied. No, I think it was implied to me that that well, perhaps not with Dalton, but the younger brother obviously had been quite traumatized and was still having these flashbacks. So, but, but and Roseburn had so, been lying to him. Yeah, yeah. So he he's just kind of like, oh, Dad freaks me out a bit. I get yeah. him, but, you know, who cares about him? But D- Dalton, if he's having, you know, memories sneaking in, you would think that they would be memories of his dad saving him from the further. Maybe. And that's why because I love that final he was a, moment he was a, painting. He didn't, he didn't see the whole chase with the hammer thing. He was asleep for all of that. So I can understand yeah. what – I don't know why he's drawing a, a doing a painting of the dad with the hammer because he missed that whole bit. Yeah. He was in the further. So uh, – the writing was a little bit sketchy around some of that, but I do think, yeah, yeah the direction carried it, the acting carried it. Yeah, some, some of my favourite scares in this whole of, of all five films were in this one. The, the- I was just going to get to the scares. Let's talk about that because obviously this is a horror film. I actually did not find this film very scary at all. And, I mean, you and I are quite similar in that we love horror. We watch a lot of horror. We probably do have a pretty high threshold for scares and jump scares. There's a, there was at least one moment in this movie where I actually jumped and it was like your traditional like like ding like <laughs> loud jump scare moment that is literally designed to make you jump. But I I don't think there were too many real scares in this film for me. How, where were you on the scare level? Um I mean I was sitting almost alone in a theater. Yep. Um which helped. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there were a probably about 10 people in the back row and I was right down about four rows from the front. So um, every time someone went out to go to the toilet, they walked right behind me because I was in the back row of the front <laughs> yeah. section. So that was yeah. um, I, I There were a couple of jump scares that literally had me halfway out of my seat. Yeah. Um, yeah. The MRI scene I thought was really well done. Yes. Yep. Um, and uh, I was surprised actually that – 
it wasn't Lee Wanell directing because there were some touches. I don't know if Patrick Wilson was a big fan of The Invisible Man. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Because there were a few scenes that had that same Very technique. Very similar. I'm going to linger the camera just a yes. second too long on this empty sp- um, Yeah. And then um, using people out of focus that you don't quite see until they get – there were two or three Lots points of that, of that um, yeah. which they were all nice touches. But I think this is the scariest that – um, our friend Redface has ever been. Yeah, he yep. he was a. If you rewatch the first one, James Wan directs the scene well enough that it's a it, it's a legitimate jump scare, but he's kind of goofy looking. <laughs> yeah, and that happens in this. <laughs> you see more of him, and he's fucking scary looking. Yeah, he was where very where scary. he's um, choking out Chris. And I thought, oh, yep. God, here we go. Yep, finally, it's not good. Um, <laughs> nah, Dana, save her, spoilers, whatever. Um, so she, she's writhing around and you can't see what's choking her. And then suddenly he's there, you see him there. Yeah. He looked yep. scary as fuck. I thought he looked brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the whole look of this film, and I think you're absolutely right. I think Patrick Wilson has been very intently watching Lee Whannell's work both in this franchise and out of it yeah. because, yes, Invisible Man was what came to my mind as well, those lingering cameras yep, where you're 100%. looking for things in the background. I don't think it works as well here. Uh, you could see really his inexperience. Worked- I think that memory game he was doing on the window. That, for me, was one of the best scenes. It was great, but I think it dropped the ball at the ending. Yeah, you had him. Yeah, okay. I, I kept on waiting. One, I kept on waiting for him to lift one of the pictures up and have the picture itself be red face or something. Yeah. Which I, th- I think would have been good. But you had, I think, two instances where he's changing them over and you see what the, turns out to be the dad image. getting closer. Yeah. But then there's no bit where he's up at the glass. He then comes he just smashing, smashing through, through it. It was like- Build it a bit longer. Come on. I actually think that for me, that's what worked about that scene is how long it is. Um, where it's almost like Sideshow Bob with the rake, where it's like it it <laughs> goes on for too long. And then by the time it actually finishes, you're like, fuck, that worked for me. Because I was actually really invested in the memory game. Because that, I think, that's is our what strongest I was going to say. Into just how fucked but, his memory is. He, because I was furiously going, like, it's right there. It's right there, mate. It's, you looked at it two seconds ago and he doesn't know where it is. Well, like, half the time where he lifts the pictures, we can't see what he's, what they are. We hear him yeah. say, oh, whatever. Yeah. But we, it, they don't show them. And he looks at two pictures and then pulls them all down. I was like, that's not how you play the game. Keep going. Flip them all. What are you doing? <laughs> I think. I think. I, I think that scene needed more. I think he was going until he more. couldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it was yeah. a good scene. It was well conceived, yeah. and it it it, gave, it was the best insight really we got into the, his struggles mentally. Yeah. And yeah. then I just thought it because it kind of ended with a bit of a whimper. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I do think that the jump scares that are there are executed very well and there are quite a few of them. Mm. I just don't think that apart from the jump scares, there's a lot else there in terms of the scare factor. I li- I did like the attempts to call back to the first film. Um, yeah, yeah, same. I, th- I, don't, I don't think they were- it, They weren't as good as Insidious 2. Insidious 2, I think, is just a masterful film in the way that it. Wanell has tied the story- intricately back scene to scene into the first yeah. film and considering they were made years apart um yeah. obviously he must have sketched multiple films out initially before they even made the first one or they wouldn't have filmed the first one with yeah. gaps in it that you don't realize are gaps until they've filled yeah. in in the second film so it's obviously not that good but i did like the glimpses back to in in particularly in the further to yeah, scenes from the first Agreed. film. Yeah, I thought that was all. It's, really it's nice. made me want to go back and rewatch those first two because I remember enjoying them a lot. But it has been probably at least five years or so since I've seen them. And 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 watch three and like, I probably won't do key. that. <laughs> They're so good. I just watched them. The 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 the, the um, Elise story is so good, and that's yeah. what the one From- I liked the story of this, even though it kind of felt like a scream film. Um, yeah. Yeah, I liked the university setting and everything, which you're right is very. What strange. I was hoping this would be, and and this may have been the intent, because they were there was going to immediately after Last Key, they were they were already in sort of in pre production on the fifth film, um, 
which isn't this one. It was a different story. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that it was following on from the end of Last Key where you've got Elise, is it? No, or is it the end of number three? She, she visits a family who have a elderly daughter, well, not elderly, but a, an adult daughter named yeah. Alice, I think, who is in a vegetative state sitting in a chair because she's mentally, you know, she's off trapped somewhere. Yeah. Elise gets called in, visits her, looks over her shoulder and goes, oh, my God, in a terrified voice, roll credits, and they never fucking go back to this Alice character. <laughs> it, it must be number three because it, it annoyed me. And ever since I've been going, that must have been intended to – she has never been referenced in any other film. <laughs> it's obviously a big deal. Yeah. That has to have been what the fifth film was going to be. And I was looking forward to having that fucking question answered and it's still not answered. <laughs> it's going to annoy me forever. <laughs> so I was bugged that that wasn't what this film was, but I did enjoy this film for what it was. Yeah. Well, all in all, how are you scoring this film? Oh, I think I'm around about maybe a six and a half, maybe a soft seven. Yeah, right. I'm an eight. I, I had such a great time with this film and it has very much made me want to go back and watch those first two, which I will do first this four. week. First four. <laughs> big fan, big fan. What did you think of the kind of- Cameos for Angus Sampson and Lee Wanell. Actually, that's what I was Shay. just about to say. For me, this is the perfect amount of those. <laughs> just, just that very quick YouTube clip. It references them. We get to see them, but that's all I need from those guys. Pop, that was my problem with Last Key. Well, Last Key. <laughs> Last Key was a movie about those two, really, and it was you, like you didn't like no. Angus Sampson creeping on the younger oh, women. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just not good. <laughs> so for me, this was the perfect amount of that. Like it was enough to reference it for the fans like yourself, but I don't need it. Yeah, last, and last and key was Shay a bit too much like, of them. Lin Shay, yeah. I thought that was a bit on the nose. It, it added at, nothing. Right at the end. Yeah, it added nothing. It did add nothing, I, I, yes. The kind of TV cameo was, I thought, good for the, for the boys. It tied them in. You know, it, without her, they've gone back to being those that, you know, like the Nick Frost show, the sort of cheesy Ghostbuster yeah. types. They've reverted yeah. to that without her guidance and superpowers and whatever. That made sense and it served a purpose in kind of helping us, I guess, by that Chris just in a matter of seconds accepts astral, astral projection and demonic realms and things without batting a fucking eyelid. <laughs> She's yeah. on board quicker than Dalton. As soon as he said, yeah. oh, I fell asleep, got out of my body and came and visited you while you were asleep in your room. Her first thought is, well, obviously astral projection's a thing, <laughs> not I'm calling campus security, you're a creeper. <laughs> anyway, but I, 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 the, the lynch, I, I thought it, it didn't need to be there. They either yeah, needed it to be more and to put a nice kind of coda on her relationship with him because she's known him since he was a boy and it, and she's obviously now, you know, sees his mum now that his mum's died. That, that I think, could have had at least 30 seconds more to give it a little bit more weight. It just seemed like a tacky fan service nod at the end. Which is what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, all in all, though, I mean – a soft seven, six and a half from you and eight from me. Definite recommend from us here at the show. Let's get over to the second of the two films and see if that will also be a recommend. We are, of course, talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, a 2023 American spy action film directed by Christopher McQuarrie from a screenplay he co-wrote with Eric Gendrison. The sequel to MI Fallout and the seventh film overall. It stars, of course, Tom Cruise, Hayley Atwell, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Pom Clementif, and Henry Zerny. And what is it about, Dave? Oh, it's about Ethan Hunt doing some impossible shit. Yeah, lots pretty of, much. Lots of running. Um, MIF, because that's the best name ever. <laughs> this is going to be a fun conversation, I can already tell. Um, we're introduced to uh, ominous spectre of artificial intelligence known as the entity um, which every government wants to control and stop their enemies getting. Um, 
Henry Zerny sends uh, uh, TC off with his uh, team to try and recover a MacGuffin because that's what happens in films, which in this yeah. in this case is a two-part cruciform key, um, which is used to unlock something, which they don't actually know what it is. We do because we saw it in the cold open, but they don't. But it is the key to either destroying or, or controlling this AI. Um, and we are then introduced to several familiar faces from the past and one face that apparently is from the past, but we haven't actually seen before. <laughs> actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... I mean, mon, you know, monumental action set pieces follow. Yeah, yeah. This so this film has been widely anticipated by many, many people. Of course, I know yeah. that lots of people enjoy this franchise. Lots of people who even maybe don't enjoy this franchise loved Fallout and thus were anticipating this one. Um, it's had pretty good reviews across the board. Although I have heard a yeah. lot of people, even those who were anticipating it, be more on the mixed side of things. Where did you land on this film after watching it? Fucking rocks. Okay. Yeah. We are going to disagree here. Right. You're allowed to be is, wrong sometimes. I, I think that this is the definition of a mediocre film. I think Jeez. this is so Christ. average, just completely average. It's not terrible. It's not great. The thing for me is I don't understand the people who rave, and maybe you'll be one of them. Maybe we're going to disagree even more. You're about to talk about one of the greatest action films of all time, Mission Impossible Fallout, aren't you? I'm going to talk about one of the greatest action films of all time, F10. <laughs> because <laughs> anyone who tries to claim that this film is any different from a Fast and Furious film is off their fucking rocker because this is the exact same shit. No, it like, is not. There is nothing in this film that is... Be- like, this is so bloated with exposition. The dialogue in this film is beyond fucking atrocious. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Most of the acting is very average. <gasps> the CGI is fucking abysmal. Like, I'm sorry, the VFX work in this film is Really, really bad. There's no VFX in this film. Tom Cruise did all that shit. (laughs) See, this is the other thing that pisses me off. I fucking hate this rhetoric that people have that this is all practical. Sure, he does his own stunts. That does not mean that the film is fully practical. There is a shitload of. I feel like I've got a stick and I'm going so bad. Dance, dance, monkey. Just on, honestly, so I saw this film with Topher, which was a real pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Topher and I have seen a lot of films together over the years, including uh, the last Insidious film, The Last Key, which we had a lot of fun laughing through. This was the same. I cannot tell you. I don't think we've ever laughed harder in a cinema together than when at the bad guy at the end <laughs> yells out, Ethan, it is the worst moment in cinema history. We've been texting each other all week, just Ethan in all caps, because it is fucking bad, man. Like, again, I don't hate this movie. I just think it's perfectly I just think it's perfectly average. This is just not a great film. You don't think that the I mean, all right, leave aside the I mean, these films. You have to agree that this movie's too long, right? And I didn't so feel the runtime at all. I, I really, I heard Paul on the countdown say he thought yeah, the first I agree half hour was boring. Paul, I almost entirely, yeah. I don't think it was boring at all. Yes, it was exposition heavy, and no, there were no Not just heavy. There wasn't just big yeah. action. You know, we didn't get to a big. There was some action, but we didn't get to the big action things for probably the first. Yeah, half an hour. I, I, kind of just, I actually think for me, one of the better action scenes in the film is the airport scene, which is not, uh, sure, it's not action-y, but, but I think it's one of the most- That's at least half an hour I in. It, I think it's one of the most tense scenes with Simon Pegg down there looking for the-, oh, the like, I, think I, that's I thought it was a great scene, but- it, One of the better scenes, that, yeah. We've got like 20-something minutes of Hunt for Red October and then yeah. some other stuff. Before so, we even so get that's the a, title card. That's about half an hour in. But I, yeah. I enjoyed the whole- Red October intro bit. I thought that was quite tense. The, the you know, the enemy sub that, that, bit, that's not there and bit, then it's bit there. Poor and- taste, isn't it? Starting with a sub <laughs> after what we just had. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. That's kind of poor taste. I can't believe they didn't push this film back. <laughs> uh, maybe it was funded by Amazon and he thought it was funny. Um but uh, so, yeah, the airport scene, great action scene, very tense, very well crafted. I thought, um, but the, the 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 kind of the big actions we have, we've got 
we're ha- in a lot of ways we're harking back to the first Brian De Palma film in many oh, 100%. ways. 100%. This, um, this film wants to be that this, film, and it's it, very clearly harking it's, back to yeah, it. Yeah, um, McHugh, I can call him McHugh, we're mates. Um, <laughs> as, as, this is not like his previous films. They're obviously, this is, and, and I'm assuming the next film will be the same, it's designed to be a bookend to that first film. We get yeah. we get a flashback to stuff that it, didn't actually happen. Well, that <laughs> happened prior to that first film. So before yeah. Ethan even joined the IMF, um, which is obviously that's the sort of thing you do at the end of a franchise. But it, yeah. we saw we saw what led him into that first film. We've got a great but big scene on a train, um, which harkens back obviously to the first one, which takes place for about half its runtime on a on a train. Um, and just the general feel of it, the way the team relate, it's a, a, a different, it's a lot lighter and more kind of adventure film, whereas the previous oh, yeah, few this, films yeah. have been very, almost, this is this is Bond and those films were born. Yes, um, definitely. Which I, I, I really enjoyed. That. I really enjoyed the, the, I mean, the camaraderie between the team, I think, has always been strong. Um, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, um, I do agree that, they did Beck Beck Bear pretty dirty in this film. <laughs> I know yeah. I know she's filming Silo and probably wasn't available for much and yeah. won't be for the next film, so that explains I mean, things. The, but yeah. Jeezy bounces. Uh, Hayley Atwell's hot as fuck, but Jeezy bounces back. I quick. was going to say, for <laughs> for me, there's only one truly great thing about this film, and that's Hayley Atwell. I think she's easily the best thing in this film. I I loved her. I loved the character. I think that yeah, what they did, Rebecca Ferguson, is completely stupid. Even the whole pretense of oh, you know, you need to make this choice, choice Ethan. Which one are you going to save? This woman that you met 24 hours ago who, who stole keeps stealing you. your shit and running away from you. That's literally all she's done. Yep. since you met her is stole your shit run away or this woman who you supposedly love and have known for many many years yeah. which one are you going to say well, he, Ethan? to be fair why he, do we give he, a fuck he didn't get to make that choice so it's not like we had him making a stupid choice no so why <clears throat> why why is that even a thing why are we even throwing that out because there? well because they're building up Hayley Atwell to be the next Beck Ferguson yeah, so what, you've got to you've got to put them the on franchise being you've got to put them like on a level pegging somehow before you see. To, this is it. where I don't I don't understand how people can have any kind of pretense that this is better than Fast and the Furious. It's the same thing. You've got a team of people doing stuff that just is not even possible. It's, with stuff no, that shouldn't well, be possible. All right, no, I'm, how how is the entity this, any different to the God's Eye? We all laughed at that at the time. Oh, the God's Eye is more realistic. Uh, well, it's no, it's not. <laughs> AI take over the world may not be happening now but it's going to happen eventually i think that ai but- is a very real problem but i think the problems that are kind of more relevant and realistic with ai are not it taking over the world I, no it's I it think writing that- films like fast 10 <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> you can't the stuff that happens in the fast and furious films is physically impossible it's ludicrous yeah. the stuff yeah. that happens in mission impossible is unlikely but it's nothing breaks the laws of physics. It's mm, just unlikely that you would survive them because obviously he's a you know Ethan Hunt's elevated. I he's mean, a superhero. We type only need character. to look at the last at the final action scene with the train falling down. Like that's, that's just it's <laughs> it's very unlikely that you would survive it. But he's a super agent. You know he can it's do stuff. It's unlikely that can't. that would happen. Wait. It's unlikely that that would happen. How many characters did we need to see fall? That scene just kept. Going and that was the biggest. What part of that CGI broke the laws of physics? It would fall. That's what physics does. If this was Fast and Furious, they probably would have floated off into space. But they <laughs> fell towards the Earth like they should. The, the things broke off in a tense not at, way. Not at, this, not, at, not at that speed. I don't think. I think it's either going to fall or it's not. I don't think we're going to have twenty minutes between you, each carriage slowly. They, you have it to down. wait for the weight <laughs> of the carriage to break the big strong metal coupling things. That's what slowed it down. It, I think before it broke the coupling, it would just pull the next carriage down. Well, it was slowly. I think it would just pull it down. It had the weight of the other carriages holding it in place. I think you'll find this all makes complete sense. <laughs> and what a fucking scene. It was amazing. I, I, I disagree. For me, that was one of the worst action scenes. Like It wasn't the, be- the, it, the it best, I think, terrible. was probably the car chase, the- which I think was magnificent. Oh, geez. I, and again, I've heard people tout that. I cannot tell you how overplayed a car chase through cobblestone streets of a European city has become. It was a Fiat being chased by everyone. 
Yeah, Which we've seen it in every single movie ever. back to For Your Eyes Only, where they drive we, we around, race the around the middle yellow car. Scene. <laughs> we just had the exact same scene in Indiana Jones. We had the exact same scene in Fast 10, but with a bomb as well. <laughs> like, I just think yeah, it's so Fast played 10, out it at this ridiculous. point. The Indy one was so fun. This one yeah. was some of the best driving I've seen in years. I thought it was really, really good. And maybe you had Hayley Atwell's personality all over the top of it, apologising to people as she smashed through their Vespers. Yeah, that that was the best <laughs> thing about it. Um, I just, I just, for me, I found the movie too long and I find the dialogue very clunky and poorly written. I don't think there's like a good line in this entire film. I think some of the action is decent. I think it's fun to watch. I think the score is great. But so much of that is harking back to the the original. I, for me, I just found it really. Are you going? Do you want to have? Do you want to have a stab at the the big action drive off the cliff? Was, oh, at at him jumping off the motorbike. He drove a motorbike off a cliff and then parachuted yeah. through the side of a fucking train. It was amazing. He did, and that's great. But they CGI'd so much of it that why bother doing your own stunts? And this is the thing that annoys me about it. Apparently, he did about right? he did about eight test runs as well. I, I, oh, no, I thought no, he just. No. We've I, all seen the footage. We've all seen it, and this is kind of what annoys me: is that they use that shot of him driving off to kind of tout how practical this film is. His face is not even practical in the film. <laughs> it's no, no. I'm not. I'm not joking. It's no secret that for about the last 10, 15 years, it has been a clause in his contract that his face is redone and de-aged. Like that's no secret. It's been that way for quite a while. Really? Well, they take at least five years off his face. I think it's closer to ten. Like, when you're doing that amount of work on the film, why bother doing your own stunts? Like, it's not like he actually parachuted onto a train. Sure, he jumped off a cliff off a motorbike, but the entire landscape that we see in the final film is CG. Like, that's not where he jumped. So, I just don't know why that's what we're touting as amazing, because it it still ends up looking so fake anyway. If the whole thing was CG and he wasn't actually riding the bike or anything- I reckon you'd see it. You don't think you see it anyway? I, I didn't. I, did, I wasn't looking at the landscape. I was looking at his face billowing in the wind as the yeah. as he tried to talk, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm probably being too harsh, and I think I just I, like again. I'll say it. Again, I don't think the movie's bad. For me, it's just a perfectly average film i think it could have been improved a hell of a lot with a better screenplay with a tighter screenplay that was not so bogged down with exposition like we are literally hearing the same things 10 15 times in the first half hour of this film alone and it doesn't let up there it keeps going before let me ask what you thought of our villain character who is kind of retconned into the film yeah um i like s.a morales i think his character, it, we really only get one line to give his character some Ethan. justification. No, not not Mendoza. Um, no, uh, I think it's Beck Ferguson when they're um, they're all comparing notes and um, she says. So, so she's had dealings with him or something, and they say, yeah. oh, how, how, "How do you know?" And she said, "Oh, well, he's, because he's everything's been erased." And she said, um, "says something about you know, he, he, it's not even killing people. He 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 thrives on suffering or something." So we get okay, yeah. he's a psychopath, um, yeah. and that's why the entity has selected him because it knows he's not going to he, he's not going to weaken at any point in his resolve because yeah. he wants to cause all of this chaos. But, yeah, there could have been more done to – and I'm assuming they're saving that for the second film because they're obviously going to give some resolution to this girlfriend or whoever it is that he killed that made Ethan yeah. – uh, I mean, to that, the point yeah, where that's, he accept, that's my- accepted the offer – that's my biggest problem is that they pretend like we're learning something about Ethan, but we're actually not. Like we see in a, in a movie that's, in my opinion, far too long, almost three hours, we get maybe 30 seconds in a flashback that is so quick that I don't know about you, but I actually spent a minute going, I don't remember that. I thought that it was actually footage from the first film at first because no, they even put it's, grain on it. It's Yeah, it's it, it's it predates the first film because it, it's, yeah. it's the- Event that 
triggered him to accept yeah. Kittredge's offer and join the IMF. Um, but it is so quick. In my head, I was like, oh, is that, you know, that great opening scene of the first one where, like, the entire crew dies? Yeah. In my head, I was going, I don't- Is that from that scene? And, of course, it's not. No. But it's so But quick. it is a, it is a very similar- nothing it's, to it's, the film. It's similar all, to the point of almost being an identical setting to where- Exactly. Kristen Scott Thomas dies in the first film. Yes, which um, is what I for thought a moment I thought that they she that they couldn't be bothered de aging her and they just got someone else to play. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although the scene is different, um, she's not in you know doesn't. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was my biggest problem with his character is that that kind of flashback is not yeah. actually doing anything I'm, to develop anyone. I'm, it doesn't give us anything about either Ethan Hunt or the bad guy whose no, name I don't even remember. Uh, Ga- Gabriel. Um, <laughs> Gabriel. Yeah. I, I guess. Because I enjoyed the film overall, I'm kind yeah. of giving it the benefit of the doubt that this will all be tied up in a bow in the second film. Whereas because you didn't really enjoy the film as much, you're probably quite rightly going, well, this film in its on its own merits, that's a failing. Like, yeah. And it is. It I is. guess that's I, the thing for me. You know, It like, would have been look at- better, I think, if they hadn't bothered to give this guy any backstory. He was just a mysterious guy I who, agree. who somehow disappeared off you know, in real time <clears throat> off security cameras and everything. And that was just a mystery until the second film. I think that would have been better. Um, I agree because, uh, you know, I think he's so flat and one note that I'm I'm almost wondering if he is the entity. Like God, if he is like a personification terrible. of the AI. But that's how it comes across. He's got zero personality. If, they, like, if, I they don't go to, if he pulls off his face, you know, mask style, and he's got like the Terminator head, that yeah. will be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I feel like, yes, it sounds like I've been just shooting all over this film. Again, I don't think this is a bad film. I think there are some decent scenes in it. Like I said, I think the airport is a lot of fun. The car chase scene, I think, is fine. I don't think it's better than we've seen in any other version of that scene in every film in the last 10 years. But I think it's it's good. Better car chase than Um, Fast 10, whatever. I I think (laughs) that there's lots of fine things about this movie. But I think, for me, that kind of sums up how I feel about the movie. What did you you um, think of Pom? Because, obviously, we we not only had Peggy Carter, we had Mantis I was just going to get to that. And- Again, I don't want to sound like I'm shitting all over this movie. She is the only thing about this movie that I truly hated and thought was actually just terrible. <laughs> like, a lot of the movie I thought was fine. Better than Ruby average. Rose in John Wick 2. <laughs> Jesus, I hated her. She is just so <clears throat> over the top. I mean, I hate her as Mantis, and I can't believe that she's managed to do something even worse than that, in my opinion. I'm guessing that you liked her? I thought she was fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as, as I said, she's scene, basically playing the the, the, for the f- first two acts. She's playing the same role as Ruby Rose in John Wick Two, and she's fucking better than that. <laughs> I mean, again, I think the thing for me is that she has no character, she has no personality. We don't know why she's there. She or does why have a she, ca- personality. No she's French. Yeah, th- but that's not a personality. Sure, it is. <laughs> the the. There's one shot that really did it for me where she's chasing them in the car and she just randomly lets out this maniacal laugh. And I'm like, oh, no, she's fucking bad. She is just bad. The character's bad. She's playing it bad. That whole, you know, I I, I quite liked the fact that she saved them at the end, but it actually didn't make any sense as a character turn. What, because the, the guy said that she was going to betray him? So well, she, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Ethan had spared her life and saved her. And that yeah. opened her eyes to the fact that the world didn't suck and that not everyone was awful and yeah. maybe yeah. she was following the wrong person. And then and then he stabbed her and that confirmed her suspicions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this film? Uh, I'm sad we won't get back in the next one, but it does mean that um, even if they hadn't already announced that we'll get more silo. So I'm pleased about that. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I think for me, the best thing about the film was Hayley Atwell anyway. I thought she was oh, she's, fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I adore her. So, um, and, and I liked her character. I liked that unlike the rest of them, she actually kind of has some stakes in her personality. Like she's not just on this mission for- you know, like that's kind of what annoys me about these movies. Like, I I love Simon Pegg. I love Ving Rhames. I think, is it, you're right, the camaraderie between them all works well. But they have no personality other than, well, this is the mission. We choose to accept it. Like, whereas I like that she's more kind of pulled in. She doesn't really have a place, but she's just a fucking gun. Like, I liked her character. I, I loved thought her. That, that worked really well. I'll tell well. you who else acted really well in this. Vanessa Kirby. 
Yeah, this is the most I've ever liked her in anything. I'm not usually a huge fan of Vanessa Kirby. And I she, think she was good. Obviously, doing her White Queen thing, we've seen that before in previous films. I like that character in general. I like that she's the daughter of Vanessa Redgrave from the first film, so having her back was yet another callback to that. But I think where she really shone was when she was playing Hayley Atwell, playing Hayley her. character, yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't – a couple of the, the – little nuances I didn't even realise until I heard Hayley Atwell being interviewed and she does the same hair flick that Hayley Atwell did in the car chase. Um, and in the car chase, it, was, it wasn't part of the script. It, Hayley yeah, At- right. Atwell's hair got in her eyes and so she did this cool like blow it out <laughs> with, with, and then um, Kirby did the same thing when she was meant to be, and, and little things. I, I thought she was great playing the, you know, the two versions of herself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I liked her. Yep. Henry Zerny, always good to have back. We're both big revenge fans, so that was good. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you haven't mentioned someone that I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, knowing what I know about you. Oh, Carrie Elwood. <laughs> yes. Again, a great part of the film. I, I mean, again, He's already I, offended because you described Patrick Wilson <laughs> as the most attractive man alive only about half an hour ago. Oh, they are a tie for me. <laughs> Tell you what, Carrie Elwood somehow still has it going, doesn't he? Like he's- He's an old man now, and he I'd, I'd he still probably take had chubby in the cheek. Tom, Tom Cruise's guys <laughs> giving him a five-year makeover. He doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I cannot tell you. I literally cheered in the cinema when El was rocked up because I didn't know he was going to be in it. Did you know he was in this film? No, I didn't. And it, it was I, I, I was already thinking, geez, I'm, I'm going to miss Alec Baldwin because I really liked him last time around. And just, oh, okay, we've got a, a worthy replacement. Yeah, I, I fist pumped in the cinema. That was the best thing. Again, I don't think his character was very well written. I don't think his motivations were clear at all. But hey, it's Carrie Elwes. I'm cool with that. Speaking <laughs> of Elwes and completely out of left field, have you seen there's a film he did uh, one or two years ago that's this weird anachronistic 1970s style, kind of an umbre- uh, uh, Umbrella Academy style story where right. he's the Professor X character and it's um, a kind of coming back together of a child superhero team that he he didn't grow them in test tubes, but he kind of made them. Um, and then they all went their separate ways and they come back together. And it, the I'm whole thing's – I'll, I'll have to look up what it's called. I can't remember. It's, yeah, I've it, got to check that out. It's super fucking weird. It's yeah. really, really stylized and feels like it was made in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, I am definitely going to check that out. Yeah, no, you'd like that. Nice. All right. Well, all in all, how are you scoring? Mission, colon, impossible, hyphen, uh, what's it called? Dead Reckoning, <laughs> Dead part Reckoning, one. ellipsis, part, <laughs> full stop, <laughs> one ampersand. I'm an eight. An eight. Okay. I think I think Fallout for me was like a nine, nine and a half. Yep. I think Rogue Nation's about a nine. So, yeah, this would be an eight. Okay, I'm a five. Like I said, I just like I said, I just think it's perfectly a five is not a bad score. Ten and nine. Because here's the difference. Fast 10 knows what it is. The only person in Fast 10 who is pretending that Fast 10 is better than it is, is Vin Diesel. Everybody else in Fast 10 recognises that it is pure entertainment, shit, fun, it's crap, it doesn't matter. They all recognise that, and because of that, it's fun. This Everyone film has in this, this knows pretense what they're in. They know they're in an no, action they don't. masterpiece. No, this, exactly. <laughs> this movie is pretending it is a masterpiece. When it is not, I stand by. It's great that Tom Cruise does his own stunts. He doesn't need to do it when the film looks the way it does, when the film is written the way it does. You know, this is not a fucking masterpiece of a film. (laughs) Just admit what it is and make it fun. Cut half an hour out of this film. Make this film two hours tops and more fun, and I would have enjoyed it. But this movie is not fun. It's just poorly written trash. Got a standing ovation in my cinema from the teenagers. <laughs> oh, I, I bet it did. I bet it did. I know that I'm mostly alone here. I'm not completely alone. I've seen plenty of reviews on Letterboxd that are even more scathing than mine. I, I don't think this film's terrible. I've seen a lot of people say it is. I just think it's just 
completely middle of the road. Like, what it does, it does fine, but it's not doing anything especially extraordinary. Yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, – it's not perfect by any stretch, but I, I think the action scenes, I think, were outstanding and um, – See, I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you something here. This movie don't have shit on Con Air or The Rock. If you want to go to action masterpieces, that's where I'm going. <laughs> I'm Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah, <laughs> Dave has hung his head in shame. People. I was going to say though, is applauding in cinemas a thing now? I've never I seen do it, it in every my now life. And then as a gag. both films. <laughs> so Monday night, I saw Insidious. Then I went and had some nachos, and then I went and saw Mission Impossible. Both films had people standing up, clapping at the end. I wonder. And if I that's don't think either of them were that, like were that showing their support. No, these were just. <laughs> Fucking teenagers being yeah, right. weird and annoying. I do, but- I do it as a gag sometimes. If I'm seeing a movie with a mate and I think it's pretty trash at the end, I always go, you know, I dare you to clap. <laughs> I only do it in Shia LaBeouf films because I feel it's appropriate. <laughs> I do make my Citizen Kane clap <laughs> for actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, there you go. That is our thoughts on Insidious, The Red Door and Mission Impossible, whatever this one's called. <laughs> uh, what are we going to do next week, mate? I think we have to get to another double feature given what's getting released. What have we got? Oh God, there's so much shit. We, I want to see Meg 2. That looks fucking amazing. We got to do Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer, of course. God, yeah, we got God, Barbie and so Oppenheimer both on the same day. I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think I think we have to, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. And then but we're, yeah. week after that, we're going to have to get back to our bloody required viewing. I've forgotten the things I'm supposed to watch already. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really hoping that both Barbie and Oppenheimer are good because- I already pissed fanboys off this week. I don't want to have to do it again next week. <laughs> <laughs> the Nolan boys are going to be listening very intently to oh, you, I'd my friend. You, our our tenant <laughs> review was our first massive slew of one-star ratings. So, you know, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I'm hoping it's good. I'm not expecting it to be, but I'm hoping it is. I've already, I've already texted Nolan and thanked him for his film <laughs> and let him know I'm going to be watching it intently on my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can check out our new bonus series where we're looking at classic albums that we think are flawless. Yes. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.